Welcome to this message from Shofar Christian Church. May you experience God's grace as you listen to this word being preached. Thank you, guys. <laughs> yeah, sure. I've got the privilege again of bringing the word. I brought it two weeks back, and now I'm back. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> apparently, apparently, I'm I'm getting a little bit better. So, uh, I'm talking about mismatched expectations this morning. So I thought, you guys are all expecting me to wear a jersey, because it's kind of cold, right? And I thought, let's just mismatch that expectation completely, and just not wear a jersey, you know? Um, but don't worry, I, I will feel the cold for you guys later, okay? Not right now, now we're Holy Spirit warm, we're lucky ready for this. Um, yeah, let's start with prayer and then we'll kick off. Oh, Father God, thank you for your presence. <laughs> thank you, Lord, for this warm morning that you have given us. Father, thank you that we can really just honor you and, and seek you and glorify you. Father, it's such a privilege to, to be able to bring the word. It's such a privilege, Lord God, to be able to really yeah, just, bring, just bring your people closer to you, Father God. And Lord, I honor you for this opportunity, and I pray, Lord, that you really just open our hearts to receive from you this morning, to receive from your heart, Lord God. And Father, I just come and I really just submit my words, <laughs> and oh, my Lord, my intentions before you this morning, and I pray, Lord, that you would be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we're busy with a series called Great Expectations. Um, in Andre and Mezen did the first, uh, I want to say, the first sermon in the series. I almost said first episode, but it's not a rom-com. Uh, the first sermon in the series, they did Desires versus Expectations. Um, this is all on our podcast. It's all on YouTube. So if you, if you missed it, you can just go check it out. Um, and then Henny did one, Owning It, also on YouTube. Um, so yeah, so I'm going to do the third one, if I've got it right, called Mismatched Expectations. I'm going to read for us quickly from um, Mark 8, verse 31 to 33. Um, and it says the following. Let me just get my notes here. And it says, And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be, je- and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. And he said this plainly, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. Now, if Jesus rebuked me like that, guys, I would never come back. It's like, I'm out. I'll, I'll, I'll do Elijah, I'll just go hide in a cave for like three years. Like, I'm done. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm going to start with a story. So me and my wife have now been married for three years. Okay? And on our first, our first uh, vacation together, we went, to, we went to the Eastern Cape, visit my parents a little bit, but also we had like a breakaway where... Yeah, it was like a bed and breakfast 
but of course I never go a place where there isn't fishing. So I was like, place on the river, I'm excited, this is going to be awesome. You know? So my expectation for this, for this whole weekend was, I'm going to fish, I'm going to get those big ones, it's going to be awesome. And my wife's expectation was, we're going to sleep in, and we're going to order coffee like 10 o'clock in the morning, and it's going to be awesome. And it's just going to be so, so relaxed. And she didn't expect that I'm going to get up at like 5 o'clock in the morning and start fishing. No? And then when both my rods run at 6 o'clock, I'm going to go and wake her up and be like, you come help me. I need help. Both my rods are running. What's happening? She wasn't impressed, just by the way. Don't do that to any girl. I'm just saying. Like, that's like dog box for like three months. Even longer sometimes. But don't do that. You know, so our expectations for this trip was completely on opposites of the field. You know? I was like, I could see myself like pulling that 20 kilo- kilogram barber out and like celebrating. And she was like, I'm just going to lay, lay in bed like a warm, read a book. Yeah, that, that wasn't our best vacation, by the way. Like halfway through, the frustration started like coming up a bit and we're like, um... Something is not lucky here. Let's talk about this. So I submitted, and I was like, okay, I'll, I'll give you one morning where I don't get up at five. I'll get up at seven. <laughs> you know? So we, we worked it out. But our expectations was completely, completely on opposite sides of the field, right? And sometimes <laughs> we do that with, with Jesus as well. Like our expectations is like one thing, and Jesus is like, no, I'm going this way. (laughs) Like, you have to follow me, right? So the first thing, one thing I love about the Word of God, the Word of God gives us such practical tips, right? So the first thing I want you guys to see in the Scripture is is that Jesus said that He's going to die, He's going to be raised up on the third day, and then it says in the Word, it says, and He said this plainly, Okay? Now, normally Jesus talks in parables. It's like a man went to a farm and servants went there and someone died. And this is actually the message. But you have to read like two books to get to that message. Right? He normally talks in parables. And he does that so that he can bring across a message. But he wants people to actually engage in what he's saying so that that message becomes clear. Right? But here, he doesn't beat around the bush. He says straight to the disciples, all these people are going to reject me. They're going to kill me, and I'm going to be raised on the third day. So step one, communicate clearly, right? Jesus communicated clearly. He said this is going to happen, okay? But what I want to, this is a tip for the ladies. I just want to throw this out there because we're talking about relationships and friendships and all that, okay? When you talk to a man, okay, ladies, don't talk to him while he's busy with stuff. Like, that just doesn't work. We, are, we can't focus on many things. We focus on one thing. And then, so next time you want to talk to a man, you want to, like, get serious stuff communicated clearly, you tell him, stop. Look at me. And then you talk to him. All right? I've, t- I've told this to my wife many a times. She still gets it wrong. 
tell her, just communicate clearly. Okay? Because I struggle to focus on many things. I struggle to, to focus on what you're saying and trying to fix this and trying to figure that out. Just tell me, just look at me for two minutes. Okay. Then I've got the message. Then I can't say I didn't hear it. Or like, did you really say that? Or did you mean this? You know? So, Jesus makes this clear. He says we have to communicate clearly, right? But the thing is, is that even though he communicated it clearly, Peter still came in and rebuked him. Why? It's not like Peter didn't misunderstand him. He wasn't like, oh God, are you sure that's what you meant? No. Jesus spoke clearly, but Peter still came in and said, Whoa, 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 this is not going to happen to you. Right? Why? Because Peter didn't like what the other person was saying. He was like, Jesus, I don't, this whole thing, this doesn't, uh, I don't like this. You know, because I don't like this, I'm just going to take my expectation, just like, I'm just going to push it to this side. Uh, We can later figure it out. But Jesus, he was like, this is what I said. I said, I am going to die. I'm going to be raised on the third day, and I'm going to do all these things. He communicated it clearly. And then secondly, it wasn't tough to understand, but Peter didn't want to hear it. Now, many a times when we are in a conversation with someone, whether it's a friend, whether it's your wife, whether it's your husband, and they say something and they say, well, I feel we should do this. Or maybe we should go to this restaurant. And then the person is like, well, I don't really like what you're saying. Let's try and bring the conversation back to what I was doing. Uh, now I want to go here. This restaurant's better. Right? And sometimes we don't like what Jesus is saying. When Jesus says, do this. Or I want you to go pray for that person. Or I want you to really just bring a word for this person. We don't always like what he's saying. And sometimes it's really tough to be obedient to what Jesus is communicating to us. Right? But then there's a space where we have to say, well, I said it in my last sermon as well, it's not about you. It's not about your expectations. It's not about your will to be done. It's about His will to be done. Right? So Peter comes in and he says, Peter comes in and he says, and he rebukes Jesus. And then Jesus rebukes Peter. I'm not going to repeat that because that's quite harsh. And he says, you're not setting your mind on things of God, but on things of man. Now, the reality for us is, if we want expectations to be managed in a right way, we have to get on the same page about where we're going. Right? Godly expectation versus manly expectations. Now, in the world, the, the, the world wants to tell us that a relationship is supposed to look like this. And it's easy for us to make a relationship look like that. Right? Go out with your friends, like, use whatever they can give you, and then when, when they come to a place where they need you, well, 
that was not really part of our agreement. So I'm just going to step out now. Um, you, can, you can sort out your own stuff. And when you've sorted out your own stuff, then you can come back and we'll see if we can make it work. Worldly relationships. Worldly friendships. I'm going to use you until I've got what I wanted. And now I've got what I wanted. So thank you, but please be on your way. Uh, I'll move on to the next person. And people get hurt, right? People get hurt because in a friendship, one of our key desires in a friendship is that we want to be accepted, number one. Number two, we want a place where we can actually just be ourselves and unpack our hearts a little bit in front of our friends because they are our friends and they, the expectation is for them to help us and to support us in whatever, happen, whatever is going on in our lives right now. But I've seen so many times in worldly friendships that you try and share your heart, or you try and, and go a bit deeper than just the, 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 the shallow water, and you get shut down. Because they don't really want to walk a, a road with you that, that's getting a bit too... too hard, if I can put it like that. Then on the other side, you get godly friendships, where people are actually interested in who you are as a person, who they are, they're actually interested in who, they, who you are and where you are going in your calling with God. And don't get me wrong, sometimes we as Christians also get it wrong, that Things get a bit too hard, and then we opt out. We also get it wrong. But there's a place where you, where you get that friend that sticks closer than the brother. And I've seen it so many times in this church. I've got so many friends here that when I'm going through things, I can say, please pray for me. Like this is happening, or I'm overwhelmed by this, or... This is really tough for me right now. And they actually, they don't ask questions. They're like, we'll pray. We'll stand with you. We'll lock shields because we know that's what you would do for us. And that's the, that's the big thing about our expectation management. Like, when we have expectations, the one thing that, and I tell this to my wife often as well, I say, don't keep the expectations unexpressed. Like unspoken expectations lead quickly to mismatched expectations. The one thing I, I want to encourage all of you, like if you're in a friendship, whether you're in a relationship, talk boldly. Tell people what on, what's on your heart. The word is clear. Like, we just have to say it plainly. We don't have to beat around the bush. We don't have to try and, and, and bring, like, funny stories in to keep people's attention. If they're your friend, if they're your husband or your wife, you can tell them, you know what, my expectation for this holiday is I want to fish all day, every day. <laughs> There's a pool in the jacuzzi. You can go and keep yourself busy. <laughs> don't do that. Okay? But that's... That's something we can do. We can talk plainly to the people around us because 
we are moving towards the same vision. We all want a godly outcome. And sometimes that means we have to lay down our expectation. Like Peter should have done. But why did Peter react the way that he reacted? So if we, I'm just going to give you a quick history lesson. Um, brace yourselves. Okay. So if we look at the Old Testament, okay, Isaiah 53. Isaiah, Isaiah 53 is more or less about Jesus' suffering and the things he's going to have to go through in the world and so forth, right? Um, I can't go into depth right now because I'm going to run quickly out of time. But Isaiah 53 is about Jesus and the suffering he's going to have to go through, right? But what the Jews did was they were like, we're just going to take Jesus out of that equation and say, that's us. So in Old Testament, you get a, a suffering Messiah and you get a glorified Messiah, okay? Now, the suffering Messiah has to come first. And then the glorified Messiah is going to come in. Right? Okay? So the Jews convinced themselves that we are the suffering Messiah. We have suffered in Egypt. We have suffered through slavery. And now we're out of Egypt and we have risen. They've convinced themselves of that. So when Jesus came into the picture and said, I now have to suffer. I have to die. I have to be raised on the third day. Peter was like, that's not, what, that's not what I was taught. Like, what are you saying? So Peter came in and he's like, I'm going to rebuke you because what you're saying is not in line with what I've been taught my whole life. We are the suffering Messiah. How can you now be the suffering Messiah? So Jesus had this idea that Je Peter had this idea that Jesus had to come in and he had to release them from the Roman Empire. He had to take all the oppressors and kill them and get them out of the way so that the glorified Messiah can now step in. So sometimes when it comes to expectation, it is shaped by something we have been taught our whole lives. We have to act a certain way. We have to do this in a certain way. We have to go in a certain way. Like me, when me and Nadia got married, I cut tomatoes in a certain, certain way, and she was like, you can't do that. <laughs> that. That's just wrong. I'm like, but it works, you know. It's going to go on my plate. Like, I can't see the problem. No, you have to cut it like this. Uh, okay, all right. Let's compromise, and, and let's not do squares. Let's do, like, little red triangles. And then that works. You know? But we had to manage our expectations because she was, she was raised in a certain way. I was raised in a certain way. Right? So sometimes our expectations is, is so just formed by the culture that we grew up in. And yet, we have to come and say, but I'm willing to Submit that before Jesus. I'm willing to submit that before Jesus. 
Because the reality for us is, is that even though our expectations are a certain way, like two weeks ago I spoke about Jairus and Jesus um, going to his daughter, and Jairus had this expectation that Jesus is going to go straight there, he's going to heal his daughter, and everything is going to be okay. And Jesus was like, wrong expectation. I'm, only, I'm going to stop now, and I'm going to talk to this woman first for 20 minutes and make sure she's okay. Because I love her and I'm in relationship with her. So I want to make sure she's okay. And then I'm going to go to you. And Jairus had to submit his expectation before God. So what are we? Are we willing to let go of our expectations? Are we willing to let go of, of how we feel something it's supposed to go. Because here's the reality, guys. If we try and force our expectations upon Jesus, He's going to do the same as did to Peter. If we don't humble ourselves, God is going to humble us. He's going to say, get behind me, Satan. For you're not thinking of the things of God, but your mind is set on the things of man. Get behind me. That's terrifying for me to hear. I'm just saying. And one of the one of the things that we that we see here in the scripture is that Peter did one thing that I want to encourage everyone not to do. Don't just jump to conclusions but ask questions around what people are communicating. If someone says, this is, this is what, how I'm feeling, and this is, where I, this is where I feel we're going, and you're unsure about, okay, about how we're going to get there, don't just jump to conclusions and do your own thing. Peter jumped to conclusions, and he was like, Jesus, you're wrong. Done, I'm going to rebuke you now. But we have to actually listen to what people are saying. We have to listen to what people are saying because if we don't listen to what they are saying, and I'm not just saying listening with one ear and then doing something else with another ear. This is where you say to a man, stand still and listen. Look at me. And then when he looks at you, then you say, listen to what I'm saying. And then we listen attentively because listening leads to understanding. Right? We have to actually listen to what Jesus is saying. And if we don't understand, we say, Father God, please explain to me more because I, I'm not sure I understand what you're saying. When you're talking to your friend, your friend says, I'm really struggling with this, this, and this. And then you say, but I don't understand. How did you, how did you get to this point? How can I help? Don't you jump to conclusions and be like, okay, I'm going to get you a rehab program, and then we're going to go there, and we're going to go do this, and we're going to do that, and then all of it's going to be solved. We have to be sensitive to what God is saying, especially in our conversations with, with fellow believers. I've seen so many times that people start talking lightly about the subject, and then they start arguing about it because 
I'm not getting my way, and you're not getting your way, and we're not willing to meet in the middle, so what are we doing? And in that moment, we have to say, stop everything right there. Let's just pray, pray, and say, God, what do you want us to do? And if that means I have to lay down my will or my expectation in order for God to be glorified, because at the end of the day, it's not about us. It's about Jesus. And that's what we need to do in every marriage as well. It's not about the two people in the, in the marriage. It's about Jesus. Where does Jesus want us to go? When we are talking to our friends, when we are talking to our parents, and we can't really reach a conclusion, we have to stop and say, Jesus, what do you want us to do? Because at the end of the day, it's about a godly outcome. It's not about a human outcome. Because human outcomes fail every time. They fail. And I said this two weeks ago as well, that if we keep on focusing on the physical and the things that's happening around us, we're never going to get to the point where we come to a godly outcome. We're always going to get to the point when we go and reach a, a humanly outcome. And we're going to be disappointed and we're going to fall on our faces until we come back and say, God, what did you want to do? What is it that's your plan? Setting our things on a, setting our mind on the things of God rather than setting our mind on the things of man. Because it's easy to set our things on a our mind on the things of man. It's easy. But I want to challenge you. <laughs> Let's set our mind on the things of God today. Let's worship God for who He is, not for what He can do or what He can give us. Just worship Him for who He is. It's so amazing as Shaul is sitting here if we had focused our things on our mind on the things of man and just said, okay, well, we can do nothing about Shoal's circumstances at all. We can, we can maybe just like bring him some food and uh, support his family. Then he wouldn't be sitting here today. But it's because we set our, thing, our mind on the things of God that we cried out to God, that we seek God's face, that our expectation was in line with God's expectation. And a godly outcome happened. It's because we seeked God and said, God, what do you want to do in this situation? What do we pray now? Or what do we speak over Charles' family now? That we can today sit here and celebrate the biggest miracle we've seen in a long while. I mean, Shaul, his, his doctor said, your pelvis is broken, you're never going, you're going to walk, but it's going to take like a very long time. And in two weeks, God comes in and he heals his pelvis completely so that he can sit here this morning with no pain. Aren't we serving a great God? But we had to make a choice to say, 
our expectations are going to align with Jesus. And we're going to seek His face. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Joburg. May the grace you receive produce God's greatest glory and your greatest good. For more information and sermons, please visit our website at www.shofar.joburg.com.